This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Can Hi, we, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave, the Manly Man Cave, in the Mellon Law Studio in the command center here in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida on a nippy day. Uh, rather refreshing, really. Now, here's the big thing about today. The sun has become its uh, has begun its movement north. Oh, I know the sun doesn't move, but it does as far as I'm concerned. I can watch it go up the tree line as we approach, you know, spring and then summer and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it started its trek back up, which means you're done. Uh, you're done with winter in Florida. Uh, you'll have some still some cold stuff in January, February. Frequently, that's when we have our coldest stuff. But uh, it won't matter because the sun is moving, right? <clears throat> well, that's what you think. It's uh, not really moving, uh, as you know, but uh, uh, it's, it is um, changing its relationship to our position uh, here on our little fixed part of the universe. So um, we uh, uh, um, welcome you to the show today. There's a lot to, to talk about um, locally that's pretty interesting. And I'm going to break it into a couple of categories. Um, uh, one is, of course, um, um, the Let's Go Brandon category, which we talked about yesterday. And um, that is, is, uh, has uh, become even more of an interesting story. And I'm going to give you a follow up on that. Uh, just to give you some backup on Let's Go Brandon, of course, you, you realize that uh, uh, we were uh, talking about the origin of that phrase uh, began at a NASCAR race when the reporter either intentionally or unintentionally uh, camouflaged the real meaning of the shouting that was going on behind her. I rather suspect that she was fully aware of what was going on behind her, but just didn't want to... Uh, admit it, and so light on, light on her feet as she is, or was, or all that, uh, she has um, uh, changed it in midstream to, uh, um, let's go Brandon, because Brandon, of course, was the race car driver winner. So um, it really wasn't true, and everybody knew it wasn't true, and uh, proceeded to kind of giggle and uh, snicker about it. Uh, but after all, you know, uh, after a while, uh, you can't keep uh, uh, the this, this story uh, quiet. So um, here we go with um, the real truth. And that is that uh, it was a put down of Biden, whose uh, ratings, of course, are uh, in the tank. I mean, there's no other way to to really talk about it other than in the tank. And uh, and it's uh, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that uh, um, everybody can't sort of. Uh, understand that and admit it, and even the reporter could admit it uh, when she uh, changed in midstream, of course, what the people were saying. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's entertaining at the, at the minimum. But at the maximum, it's become a kind of 
uh, serious line in the sand, if you will, uh, that uh, um, has its own after effects locally here for us in the city of Alachua area. So I thought I would go into that with you today uh, a little bit because I did some uh, covering of this story last night myself. Uh, to bring you up to date, there's a restaurant here in Alachua who has a um, lady running it who really is, the restaurant's been turned over to her by her father who wouldn't dare do what her, his daughter's doing. Uh, at least that's what the father told me. But, you know, he's hands off and it's my daughter and she can do it the way she wants to do it. And uh, she's come right out and proven herself to be a fighter. You know, there are woefully few fighters in this world. There are woefully few warriors. There are woefully few leaders, people who are just not, not afraid. Uh, people, you, know, you hear about them in the highest level of this, we give the Medal of Honor. The guy just, you know, fell on the grenades for his friends or all this stuff. You know what we're talking about. We don't have them in the business world. If you take a look at the corporate world, it is filled with cowards. Um, they will change uh, like a chameleon, uh, their, their background to the, uh, fit the color of their background, uh, whatever they need to do. If it's Kaepernick, then they'll become a Kaepernick fan. Uh, if it's a LeBron James, they'll become a LeBron James. They don't care as long as it helps them make money and then they can deliver a uh, good uh, return on the shares for their stockholders. That's really what matters. And, and, and so few people in the business world, and let me tell you something, I've got, I'm not going to mention them on air. I've, I've thought about it several times, but there are about four or five cowards uh, that dropped off the Ward Scott files when uh, Ward Scott was uh, a sponsors when Ward Scott was called a racist. And they got calls from these people, the same ones who are bugging this restaurant in, in, in Alachua. And these people fled for the hills. And I'll never forget that. I, I have no respect for them. I guess I should list them because people should not should not go there. Uh, but, you know, I haven't done it because, you know, I just it's just not my particular trip. My my trip is the teacher. And I, you know, it's sort of like the mailman. It's uh, rain, sleet, hail, snow. The, the mail gets through. So, you know, you just take it all. But that wasn't the case with this. Um, owner, uh, uh, manager of this restaurant in Alachua, who had put on the menu a let's, uh, an entry entree called Let's Go Branded. And <clears throat> that had uh, uh, stirred the ire, and the name of the fella who stirred it evidently is out there. You can find it. You can know it. I'm not going to give him any airtime credit. But he ate whatever it was, and then at the restaurant, and then went back and told all his cronies and his cronies threatened a, I guess, a menu showdown last night at this restaurant in Alachua. <clears throat> so uh, being a resident of the community here, uh, I sort of thought, well, I'll go on down to the area here. But I, I want to watch and see if there's anything that develops. And if there had been a big brouhaha develop, uh, I would have been out there, I thought in my mind, at least videoing it for the show. So I backed in a spot, but the first thing I noticed when I came into the parking lot across the street was it was covered up with ASO deputy vehicles, including the canine unit. Now, you have to remember uh, that this is the hometown of the sheriff. Uh, the street, there's a street here named after him. But be, so he will know everybody and everybody will know him. And apparently the call, uh, 
maybe made it out to him. Uh, and, and, and they said, well, you know, let's just prepare for the worst and be as unobtrusive as possible. So in a sense, the fellows who were the deputies were unobtrusive. Their vehicles were all lined up and backed up in the back part of the parking lot across the street. Um, and nobody really would notice them unless they made a point to come through uh, that parking lot on the other side from the restaurant. Uh, but they all went inside and ate and, uh, and, and enjoyed a meal there. So their presence was there in the restaurant should the woke protesters uh, come to uh, an appointed time, which was somewhere around 5.30 or 6. Uh, as I understood it, it was going out over Facebook uh, for this confrontation over the menu and all that, which that stood for. And that was supposed to be, you know, just this huge deal. <clears throat> so I sat there, backed in, so I could see over in the dark, uh, watching people go in. And all I saw going into that restaurant were what the people who raised me in the countryside used to call fine Christian people. Um, there were men and women with their children, uh, with their grandmothers. Uh, I saw a lady get out and then them uh, put, put a walker down for her. I saw another get out and put a wheelchair down for her. Um, um, you have to remember that in the city of Alachua, within about a block or two, uh, there are five church spires. Uh, that was one of the first things I noticed when I came to the city uh, was that uh, I told my wife, now look at those churches. They're all around here, right in the middle of town. What does that tell you about the values of this town? Okay, well, that, that hasn't gone away. This is basically a rural community. I mean, people work, people earn a living, <clears throat> and they're frustrated. And so the uh, entrepreneur of the restaurant uh, 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 quite uh, understood this and put this entree, let's go Brandon on there. Now, it was uh, interesting to, to see that the woke culture didn't appear. If they had appeared, I'm telling you, it would have been awful for them. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is about uh, men who work out in the fields, but they, they're bigger, they're stronger than men who work in offices. And uh, uh, that's the type of man you have with his family, often, more often than not, in this restaurant and these restaurants in these rural towns. So that alone would have been, uh, you know, something that uh, would have been a difficult situation for the so-called woke generation. So then you have the fact that uh, there is a whole camaraderie that is going on inside the restaurant which I'm only getting reported to me secondhand by people who were there. Uh, I did not go in. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was only going to sort of move in closer had there been a uh, situation that was dramatic and, and you know, rose to a level that uh, might cause a stir, but it wasn't any. But I'm told that inside uh, there were people paying for each other's meals. There were people leaving generous tips. And there was even a moment when uh, uh, someone led a, a uh, uh, everybody stand up and sing the national anthem. Now, that is so welcoming and heartwarming to people like me. I'm, I'm, I'm public enemy number one to the liberals. OK, let's just face it. Uh, that's the way it is. Um, I've been smeared by Tina Certain publicly on the Alachua County School Board. I have had my sponsors intimidated. It wouldn't take much to intimidate them uh, since they're very cowardly to begin with. 
uh, by this screaming, hysterical group of people who accused me of being a racist. Uh, let's go. Brandon wasn't out there. I suppose if I even mentioned that I have been uh, I have been uh, uh, censored uh, by YouTube. I've been censored by Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, and still people, uh, you know, we still continue to come to class and have a class, which is my rapport here uh, with you as you are my students. And this is our community and I'm your professor and I will share with you things for you to think about, but you're free to make up your own mind about all this. Uh, the liberals are free to come on the show. They never contact me. Uh, all you have to do, I'm very easy to get a hold of and say, well, I'd like to come on and refute what you had to say. Uh, oh, that's welcoming. I actually have a lot of Democrat Party friends, but they're not the progressive left. And that's what is wrong right now with the Democrat Party. If the Democrat Party and I didn't want to let this cat out of the bag, but if they had any sense, they would rally around this guy, Joe Manchin, instead of trying to kneecap him. Um, they are uh, considering him to be a traitor when actually he's trying to send them a signal. If you all don't dump this progressive left of oddballs like uh, Alexandro Ocasio-Cortez and, the, and, and then all the Muslim uh, women who are over there uh, sneaking into our country uh, through the refugee relocation program, basically by Obama, um, if you don't separate yourself from them, uh, you're going to find yourself having a hard struggle. And, but they're not thinking that way. Uh, the cowardly conservative Democrats are letting the crazy, zany, hysterical, progressive left uh, destroy the Democrat Party. And we're going to get into that in a moment in a little more detail. But this all came to a head, uh, for the moment anyway, in the city. But it's not the first time. When I was here uh, as chair of the Economic Development Committee and advisor to my student, who was a city manager, who's now the sheriff, Clovis Watson Jr. Uh, we had to fight off the, the left there. Byerly came here holding it. It's, it's not Byerly's district. For, the, for those of you who think they're districts, uh, there are no districts. Byerly would come up here and Hutchison would come up here. Grabsky would come up here. These nutcases would come up here and interfere in home rule, interfere in our government. And I tell you what, it was good for me, and I think it was very good for Clovis, because we got our battle stripes fighting them off. We fought them off 10 years ago, and we learned to stay calm in the middle of the storm, to sort out and strategize and to plan ahead, uh, not engage in every a little battle they want to engage in, uh, but plan a strategy. And uh, we did that, <clears throat> and we continued economic development. And look at the city of Alachua now. Uh, we have fended off the, the, the Looney Tune fringes, if you will. And, and, and we've also managed to encourage and keep in our ranks the Republicans who were afraid that uh, uh, they were going to lose the entire town to the Looney Tunes. It's never happened. We weren't going to let that happen. So that was an experience that I participated in. Out of that, I became an interim city manager, an archer, tried to help that community, which is beyond help. Um, the best thing that could happen to that community, in my humble opinion, is some millionaire to buy it and just or annex it, just annex it into uh, Newberry. Well, Newberry should probably just annex Archer if they wanted the problems, though. They'd, they'd otherwise leave it alone. But um, 
Um, so we've got a lot of battle-tested experience with this, and it's not something that we flinch in the face of. Uh, we know who we are. I know who I am. I've got a 40-year record in the classroom. I have handled every single issue you can imagine. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is something that you just, you, you get from aging and being and having experience. I'm the only talk show host I know of in America who has been all these different things, a coach, a teacher, um, uh, you know, uh, all these things that, that I've been, and, and uh, a, a public speaker, uh, uh, you know, the whole bit. So um, <clears throat> this is not all that different from the classroom for me, what we're doing right now. And in fact, as you know, I consider it to be a classroom. And, and you all are in here as my students and you're helping uh, uh, learn and you're helping to train others to maybe know what's going on. Now, uh, the, the way we survive is by your word of mouth. You have to tell people we exist. Ward Scott Files exists because uh, we're being clamped down on uh, by the social media platforms. And uh, we're being clamped down on by the woke culture who intimidates people who would sponsor us. So um, that's, that's, that's just where it is. So it's very refreshing to see uh, this business in, in, uh, in, in Alachua um, did, and by the way, to, to, to conclude as part of the story, uh, the, I'm told by people who, were, who are, are privy to the comments that uh, the proprietor made that the normal sales on a normal, quote unquote, Tuesday night are $4,000. Uh, the sales last night were $8,200. For so, for those of you who think uh, the, the, the the you business people who who think that uh, oh I don't dare take a position because it'll cost me money it might just make you a ton of money if you take a position uh, because there are frustrated people out there waiting for somebody to step up and be a leader and and and, and put something on the line that means something to them. Uh, so that's my that's kind of my covering of that story. It was pretty interesting, as I say. It was interesting in what and what didn't happen. It, it was interesting what it was apparently over. The issue uh, was if you criticize the president, uh, uh, then by golly, you know we're going to shut you down. Although they did everything under the sun to criticize Trump, and one Holly weirdo woman even held up a severed head. You know, all this crap that we had to put up with out of those people for four years. People don't forget that. And, and, and you know, now they have the audacity to call it a January 6th insurrection when we had to put up with this lion pack of thieves for four years, really over four years, because it starts with him coming down the stairs to say, I'm going to try to be the president. And the first thing that happens is, you know, the race card gets played. Uh, the Looney Tunes, everything they can think of because they're afraid of this outsider who's got the popular uh, will of the people behind them. Then you fast forward to the next election and you've got this guy Zuckerberg queering the deck of cards by uh, slipping money under the table to the dealer. And the dealers are the supervisors of elections who are taking his money gladly and proliferating the distribution of an absentee ballot that they can't account for its authenticity. And so there you go. 
And uh, you can take it from there because, you know, we're not allowed to mention the F word, FR word, because of uh, the little Looney Tune. Uh, and I think that the people who <clears throat> were criticizing are going to show up to criticize the Let's Go Brandon uh, 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 menu entry are the same people that run the Facebook, YouTube platforms. Little kids who, who, who really are techies who... Uh, and, and you know what? I'm going to tell you something. If you looked at their hands, there would be no calluses. And let me tell you what that means. In the Camel Rouge, that's how they determine whether you lived or died. Okay. In the Camel Rouge, which was this brutal battle with Pol Pot and these people in that Cambodia area uh, of Southeast Asia, the 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 really brutal decisions were made if you wore glasses and you you were uh, not particularly muscular you were considered to be a city intellect and you were killed if they looked at your hands and you had calluses and you had some muscular strength to your skeletal system you were considered to be a worker and you were spared it doesn't take much okay it doesn't take much and I've never forgotten that detail, that live or die was dependent upon calluses on your hands that would be a result of being a working man. Um, now, I'm not going to uh, 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 decide for you whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I am going to say that that is the historical fact of that. And um, uh, so it doesn't take much in the case of this where you have... Um, um, all of a sudden a menu entry and you have somebody going to come up there and quote unquote, shut down the business. Now uh, that ain't going to happen. And what I'm seeing happening more and more is it's becoming a nationwide blowback. I predicted this a long time ago. You can push people and push people and push people, decent folk who don't want to make a scene, who just want to get along and down the road and do their job you can push them just so far. And then when you push them beyond that point, you have got a real problem. And you're going to see this manifest itself more and more, I think, as a blowback, a pushback on the part of good, hardworking people who have decided, I just can't take this crap anymore. Uh, there's no merit to it. It doesn't make any sense. It's vicious. It's vindictive. It's counterproductive to us ever getting that together as a country, we're not that bad of people. Uh, if you would listen to the so-called counterculture, the woke people, uh, you're just as a, a, a horrible person, a sinner, especially if you're white. It's all been done along, you know, I'm gonna get into that in a minute on school board issues, which will be the next part of today's show, is what's happening in the Lacho County school system. And not just this school system, but school systems all over. Um, so. So if, 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 if you, you can't sit still and accept that, uh, but I got to tell you that one of our very, perhaps our most, well, it's hard to say we've had some very distinguished guests on the show, but the national, the president of the National America Scholars Association, who is a Boston University anthropology professor, uh, that show we had with him uh, was banned, was banned because in it, he dared to question the validity of the, uh, 
election process. And I'm telling you, we had nothing in the title of that show other than his name. And the, the little tin horns, uh, evidently, somebody's taught them uh, that you have to have this one narrative. It's the only narrative that will work. And anything that deviates from that narrative uh, must be destroyed. And, uh, and, and people can't hear it. This is, the, this is the underground river right now in America. The, uh, the, the Internet, you know, is likened to a, uh, you know, the first time I ever heard of it was when one of my former students who asked me if I could envision the world covered by a spider web of light. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, that's the Internet. Uh, we're going to be able to communicate with each other at the speed of light all over the world. Well, that's where we are. So it's produced a kind of weird form of human being. Um, and we'll talk about it, that in a moment. And it's, uh, I still think it's going to be prove out to be the works hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. And that's not my line. That's Congressman Billy Matthews' line back in the early 80s when I had him as a guest in my class, research class, to speak to the students. And he saw for the first time in a room across the hall uh, computers and asked me what they were. And I told him and he said he thought they were going to prove out to be the worst hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. I have to I have to uh, really I've never been able to put that comment aside. It's uh, it's a really uh, it's very, very interesting as far as what the Wardscott file stands for. It stands for honest research and fairness and uh, teaching people how to do that. Uh, I'm not for ideology endorsements. I'm not for uh, uh, political uh, attitudes. Um, I got off a board here not long ago because uh, they, they had taken a statement uh, uh, and made it and had everybody on the board had to adhere to it that said that Derek Chauvin was a murderer and, and that he was a murderer before he'd even been found to be such by a jury through due process. I can't endorse that. I can't be a part of that. If you're going to, I'm not going to join an organization in any way, shape, or form that, uh, uh, that uh, doesn't support due process. And the irony of this organization is it was complaining and organized because of a failure of due process. This is, this is, this is the way people are, even good people. Good people don't understand a lot of times that what they're doing is exactly what they're complaining of. Now, I'm sure to give the benefit of the doubt to the so-called woke counterculture that was going to cancel the menu at the restaurant, they probably see themselves as morally good people doing the right thing. But, you know, they're doing to others what they wouldn't want done to them. And, 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 and that is very difficult for most people to get any kind of distance on. It, it just simply is very difficult. Um, it takes a lot of intellectual discipline. It takes a lot of you, you still be passionate about your subject, but you have to know what the core value is that you stand for. And in this particular case, it was due process. Now, is due process perfect? No, there are there are conclusions that juries reach that. Pro well, I'll give you one famous one, and that's O.J. Simpson. That jury was dead wrong about him. And I've always said, if you could subpoena the dog, you would know the truth. Now, why do I say that? O.J. Simpson got Nicole Simpson and Akita as a present. And Akita 
is a ferociously, ferociously uh, 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 loyal guard dog. And the, the dog knew both O.J. Simpson and Nicole. Now, that I can tell you because I've had these type of dogs, not the Akitas, but I've had the dope, I've had the Rockwilers, and they're fiercely loyal to their to their owner. And let's say a husband and wife together are the dog's identifier. That's who they identify with and protect. Uh, if the husband and wife were to have a fight, uh, the dog would not know what to do. The dog would not get involved. The dog is loyal to both of them. That's what happens in the O.J. Simpson murder scene. That Akita dog saw that whole thing. That Akita dog walked around in the blood of Nicole Simpson. Why didn't that Akita dog, if there was any validity to what O.J. Simpson said, that other people did it, not me, other people would have been attacked by that Akita dog. Okay? The Akita dog did not attack Nicole Simpson's killer. I always wish we could have subpoenaed that dog and that dog could have talked. Wow, wow, wow. We're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little jealous of some other shows. They take a little longer break than I take. So I'll probably take a little longer break because it's, uh, uh, I'm doing it. I'm toting the ball by myself and I'm keeping the, all the plates spinning. So uh, we'll thank, thank the sponsors and maybe play a song or a jingle or something for you. Uh, but, uh, We'll be right back in a, in a few minutes. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Octon, Octon, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much schnell! Check this out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to the Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the classroom, and you, my students out there in uh, Internet land. Uh, if you want to talk to me, 352-325-3938 will translate your call into a text message, which I'll see. Or I'm watching the Facebook chat now and then and see what you're up to. Um, um, and uh, thank you for your comments. I do look at them. As you see me look off to the side, I'm looking at my other computer. 
Um, now, covering right now, I just covered for you this um, um, attempt by the woke culture, so to speak, to cancel a, a business in a town that wasn't going to hear of it. And uh, uh, I would advise, strongly advise the woke culture uh, not to try to make a return visit. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a happy ending for them. But um, down in Gainesville, I suppose, and for those of you who are listening to other parts of the world, Gainesville from this part of the county where we are is considered down, uh, that they're south of us, uh, although they seem to be all over the place and all around us. Um, uh, it's a different world. It's, um, it's it, it, Most of them are hot, what I call hothouse plants. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're people who are raised entirely in greenhouses. By that, I mean they, they, they were born of parents that worked at the university and from there, they went to the university and from there, they went across the street and they got involved in City Hall. And, and Pagina Underhand is, is a perfect example of this. Um, she is a hothouse child, uh, artificial baby, if you will, um, never out of the soil, uh, no calluses on her hands um, and telling everybody else what to do and how nature works and uh, lives in an air conditioned outfit and always has. Um, We've got this other strange thing going on here uh, in that um, uh, we're really dumbing down education all over the country. But specifically, I want to focus on Alachua County for a moment because Alachua County represents basically what's going on in the rest of the country. Uh, we have bitten uh, bitten into this whole, I say we, um, by that I just mean the, the school board and the system and everything, has bitten into this notion that you know, no school board is complete without a chief of equity inclusion, and in this case, community engagement, uh, engagement. Uh, we have our own version of Dr. Antoinique Edwards. I've never met the lady. I'm sure she's a nice lady. I'm sure she's, um, um, you know, perfectly good person, so to speak. But she has been hired, and I'm sure the salary she gets is several times that of a classroom teacher. Well, this is the thing that really troubles me a lot of the time. You go and get a lady like a doctor and Juanique Edwards to be your chief of a uh, political post. It's, it's strictly a political post invented to keep the uh, wolves uh, from getting inside the yard. Uh, by that, I mean the federal government and uh, all of the a a a a ACLU and all that business. Um, so we come up with this expensive, superfluous uh, job uh, and give it to probably a very good person uh, and call that person uh, chief of equity, inclusion and community engagement and uh, away we go. And so apparently, um, and Jennifer Cabrera, of course, who does a great job of writing about these matters, wrote about it in a lot chronicle, but uh, you may read it there also. But the big thing is to go read the actual LGBTQ critical support guide yourself. Now that was what uh, Dr. Antoinette Edwards was reporting on in her, uh, in her role as chief of equity and inclusion uh, was this document, which I have pulled up here and, and which I have shown to teachers. And, uh, and there's some assumptions right off the bat that are just blindly made uh, by the Dr. Antoinette Edwards. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. Uh, right off the top of the uh, the the, uh, uh, the story here, I doubt Dr. Antoinette 
Edwards has ever been, ever been an elementary school teacher or a preschool teacher. Now I could be wrong. Don't get, don't get me. Don't get, don't, you know, I, here I am. I, I, I'm, 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 I, I, Hey, I'm never wrong, but I'm telling you what I'm saying. I got a built-in crap detector. Okay. I can tell when you're BSing me. I doubt, but I'm going to stand down on it totally until I go and look it up after the show. I doubt that Dr. Antoinique Edwards has ever been an elementary school teacher or a preschool teacher. So I, I, I showed the LGBTQWXYZ guide to those particular teachers. And uh, uh, here are some of the things that jumped right out at them right off of the uh, top of their heads. Um, uh, these, this guide is broken, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an overview first. The guide is broken. You can go pull it up if you want to follow it uh, while I'm talking. Um, you can go and pull it up. Um, the guide is got and broken into sections. I, I'm assuming perhaps that Dr. Uh, Twenty Edwards herself put this together, and good for her. Um, action number one is the student privacy. Um, uh, all students' privacy rights will be respected and personal information about the student. Uh, let me tell you about that privacy thing. Um, um, when they reach 18, uh, come to the college, uh, the Buck, uh, Buckley Amendment says that the, uh, the parents don't have any right to the student information either. Uh, so let me tell you how that works. I'd be at the college and I'd get a call from a parent and a parent would want me to tell them uh, 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 how, the how their son or daughter was doing in class. The Buckley Amendment, I would always say, ma'am, I can't do that. The Buckley Amendment prevents me from doing that. Well, what do you mean? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying for his education and, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting my money and I want to know how he's doing and all I have is good intentions. I said, that's OK. The law prevents me from talking to you about his personal life. Now, I went to the director of admissions and I, this is what I learned and this is why I gave those kind of responses. Once his child gets out of, out of high school or turns 18, I think it is, doing this from memory, <clears throat> that child is protected even from the parents so that the teacher can't talk to the parents about the child. Unless the child, him or herself, has signed a document with the director of admissions saying, my parents have a right to know what I'm doing and can talk to my teacher. And the parent must have on file with the director of admission an income tax uh, or and or on file with the director of admissions an income tax return that shows they still claim that student as a dependent. So let's make sure we understand something here about high school, K through 12, or pre-K through 12. Uh, it's a different world than it is when you get to higher education in the form of college. Um, so it's kind of irrelevant, student privacy. It really doesn't even need to be listed in the guide. Everybody understands that or should. But number two, 
becomes uh, the land of the murkiness. Action number two is about names and pronouns. And all students are to be prefer referred to by the consistently asserted name and pronoun as provided by the student affirming their identity. And let me just tell you what reply I got from, uh, uh, this is why I don't think Dr. Antoinique Edwards has ever been a uh, teacher of young people. Teachers have, uh, all um, in, in regards to number two, teachers have always been told that names on official paperwork must match birth certificate exactly. Not using chosen names. Chosen names, which is what this thing says. Do you understand this? This Dr. Antonique Edwards, the director of inclusion, has said all students are to be referred to by their consistently asserted name. No, that's not going to fly. Because the student may be going by uh, Bebopalula or something, um, and the name on the and you know where you find this? You go try to have a, go by, like I do, go try to go by your middle name and go to the doctor's office when your Medicare card has you down by your first name. You're never, they're not going to take me by middle name. You can't, I just can't wander into the doctor's office and say, well, call me Big Shot. Big Shot? So this number two. I just don't, I, 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 I really wonder. Now, I don't think the school board's smart enough, by the way, to catch this. Uh, I looked at that school board. None of them has been, to my knowledge, an elementary school teacher or a preschool teacher. Who had, you know, that, is that little kid going to know? They frequently don't even know their names. They've never been read to, frequently never been read to, never been called by their name. And this is no doubt directed. This whole guide is directed at protecting minorities. So number two is bogus. Number three, let me read number three for you. Number three says, action number three, this is a hot potato here. Restrooms and locker rooms. All students are allowed to access restrooms and locker rooms that are consistent with their gender identity or be provided appropriate accommodations. I'm just, there's more language to it, but I'm going to give you the reaction, okay? All students should feel, all students should feel comfortable in restrooms. Not just LGBTQWXYZ. The only way you could make it, therefore, because a lot of these students are not going to be feeling comfortable, normal, quote unquote, dare I use that word, girls in a girl's restroom are going to feel comfortable when the stud walks in there and claims he's feeling like them that day, and therefore can use the same John. The only way you could make these people totally comfortable, both the LGBTQWXYZ and the normal, is every school would have to have a private restroom 
for who's for students whose gender is different from their anatomy. Okay. That's the only way you could do it, according to these teachers who are teaching these kids. Let me give you a story. Now, th th this is a real story, okay? This teacher asked, this, and maybe today you couldn't do that. Preschool teacher asked the little student where his underwear were, because they look after, I mean, these kids come to class without any shoes, without any food. Meanwhile, the, the, the mother is in car pickup in a Cadillac and she's got her nails and her hair and all that. And the kid ain't got nothing to eat. So one time this stuck out in this one teacher's mind. She asked the kid, you know, where, you know, the underclothing was. And the kid said, the kid, are you ready for this? I hope you're listening to this. I hope you're paying attention. The kid said that the mother wanted the boy to be a girl, the mother, the screwed up mother wanted the boy to be a girl. Come on. And so therefore was sending the kid to school in girls underclothes and the kid didn't like it. Where's that in the guide? I got, I got to get this woman on the phone. This Dr. Antoinette Edwards, who's no doubt making, well, I know she's got to be making six figures. This is stupid. This stupid stuff. And, that, you know, you're going to stand still for this crap. Uh, now, as I say, nobody on the school board is smart enough to do anything about it. Um, there's another, there's, you know, four is a dress code. Uh, God knows. Um, they have to dress in, in a way that's consistent with their gender identity. Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. Hang on. That that doesn't make it more. Number six, apparently, a, a turbed uh, uh, gender-based rules. Okay. This was pointed out to me by the teachers. All right. Um, let me see what the teachers said. All, as a general matter, schools should evaluate all gender-based rules, practices, and traditions, and maintain only those uh, that have a clear and sound pedagogical purpose. If students are to be separated based on gender, students should be permitted to be grouped with peers of the gender with which they identify. This should be a student-driven decision. Based, listen to this word. This word comes up again and again and again. This student, this should be, this decision should be based uh, 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 on the student's comfort. Oh, oh, oh. Comfort. Comfort. You know why you can't teach these kids? You can't take them out of their comfort zone. The only way they're going to learn to get them out of their comfort zone. Everything the bureaucrats are doing is saying keep them in their comfort zone. Everything the teachers don't take them out of the comfort zone. It's a good thing I'm not in the system still. I'd be, uh, you know, just like this, like the face, I'd be in timeout in Facebook jail or something with them too. Give me some comments. I'm looking at you out here. Tell me what you think of this crap. Um, uh, let me see. And for elementary school kids, this was pointed out, they're just learning their gender. They're just learning it. That was pointed out in the mother trying to send the kid, you know, to school and 
underwear because she wanted she wanted the kid to be a uh, a, a, a girl. He didn't want to be a girl, but she wanted the kid to be a girl. Huh? Huh? And I've seen screwed up people like that. Let me tell you how bad it's gotten. I, I didn't know how I was ever going to use this article, but I see how to use it now. Genius that I am. Uh, professor that I am. I see how to work this in to my narrative today, which is, don't you think that you ought to be aware of some of this stuff that the woke generation is trying to get you to do down to what you can eat and how it's described on the menu? I didn't know about this because I'm, you know, I don't, I don't get out of the world much. Ha ha. But there is a term that has been invented uh, by the journalists because the journalists are afraid to be politically incorrect. See, everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid they're going to get accused of something and they're going to be a bad person. And, you know, the, the newspaper won't be delivered on time. And, you know, this, that one, you know, you know, the woke generation, a bunch of bully brats will come and stand up outside their yard and, and, and be on Tom Toms or something. Everybody's afraid. Latin X is a term that the news journalist guy, journalist guys use. You have to understand that Latin uh, Latina is for the female and Latino is for the male, and that's because there are no gender neutral pronouns in Latin, and you have to understand that uh, the languages. Uh, have come from a masculine and feminine binary structure, all the Romance languages like Spanish and Portuguese and French and the other Romantic, what we call the Romantic languages, have male and female subject and verb agreements. Now, you know, that's, that's ancient, as we say. That's ancient. Are you with me? Are you paying attention? I'm looking here to see if you're paying attention. Um, Latin X doesn't even exist. And by the way, Latins love viva la deference, male and female. They have no problem with that. They're not concerned about being politically incorrect. They have a language. Now, they, they, this, this writer uh, for the Wall Street Journal who has written about this, whose name is uh, Alan, her last name is Alan, first name is Charlotte, um, even went back and researched and found that uh, uh, there was graffiti on the walls of Pompeii that indicated that the ancient Romans found having three different genders confusing. You know, the Greeks knew all about the fluidity of sexuality. They knew all about that. And their most idealized form of the human being was the, the ultimate male. And that's, hence you see these statues. But they were, those ultimate males were always subject to the sexual influence of, guess what, those fantastic females. So uh, there was there was uh, there was no problem um, 
uh, you know, being able to control one of those ultra males because those females could use their feminine charms to maneuver and control those ultra males. Uh, and so the Romans did away with three genders and you went to the masculine feminine binary structure of that it really characterizes. But now you see uh, that is a bad uh, a deal here because uh, uh, Latins are being taught because they're included in this Latinx thing, which they are absolutely rebelling. And if you go look at the percentage of Latins that are going to the Republican Party, it's increasing all the time because they don't want to be grouped in with people of color. They understand that as Latins, their lands of origin are quite distinct. Uh, they have, depending on where they came from, they have different art, they have different music, they have different dance, they have local customs, they have a whole, each, each Latin derivative homeland is special and unique, and they celebrate that. They celebrate that uniqueness. Um, I, I, you know, we have gotten so far off the sensible track here in this country, and we're letting the crazies run us. And so I'm hearkening back to the story. It opens the show, and that is you're not in this city you're not going to. You're not going to come up here and tell us what we can and cannot put on the menu and how we can write about it. You're not going to do that without a pushback. Um, that's rare in this world, but it needs to become much, much more prevalent. Um, yeah, it, here it is happening at this. We've, we've, I guarantee you, well, the parents may come to the microphone, but they'll be rudely shut off uh, by that McNeely woman. Um, this, is, this is stereotyping of people. It's all veiled racism, really. It, it really is. And it's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So I, I wanted to spend a little time with you today in class, students. You can refute, by the way, everything I said. Every single thing I said. Okay? Um, I want to close out with Jason Riley. You, you, know, you know how much respect I have for Jason Riley. I just think that he is a really good mind. He's a good writer a black fellow who's a journalist for the Wall Street Journal. He is really complaining about this stereotyping of minorities, backfiring on the minorities. And I'm going to back you up a little bit and let you know that Harvard, which is a private school, is um, uh, and, and was based upon Puritanism. Puritanism started Harvard. Um, you you, uh, you, you want to realize that um, they're discriminating now against Asians because they're doing so well on the tests. And so they're throwing out the tests and they're saying, we're just not going to let people or choose people who enters Harvard on the basis of tests. Um, and, and, and what Riley says is that then you really are going to hurt black folk or people of color, or minority, however you want to describe it. Because what's going to happen is an individual is going to look at a black doctor standing in front of him and is going to say to himself, 
I don't know if I want that black doctor. I doubt that black doctor had to go through the same rigorous training to get through medical school that the white doctor did. I don't think I want that black doctor. So it's unfair to the black. Using race, Riley says, as a decisive factor in admissions while pretending otherwise. Okay. Uh, the real goal that Harvard is trying to do is to achieve a predetermined demographic composition on campus. And it's all formula. It's all government formula. Uh, you have to have a certain number of, whether they're competent or not. And we're going to use something other than standardized tests, which are not all the be all and end all. We understand that. But we're going to throw out all the standardized tests completely. And let me tell you, one of the standardized tests is being able to conjugate the verbs. What's wrong with that? I mean, I, I doubt anybody that I'm talking to right now on this show can give me the past perfect of the infinitive to laugh. I doubt you can give me the present perfect. I doubt you can give me in the third person singular. Let's try it. In the third person singular, please write on the screen here what the past perfect is in the third person singular of the infinitive to laugh. I'll come back and look in a minute and see if it happened. I doubt it happened. You know, I've been in the classroom. Nobody, nobody can do it. So what do I do? Just throw out that as a measurement of your ability to control your thoughts and language? Just because you can't do it? So what Riley says is by doing this, we're really attacking meritocracy. We're, we, we've known this all along. This Dr. Whatsherd-Faced Antoinette Edwards, and, you know, they're doing this by emphasizing it, going down the path that, that uh, really isn't helping. The bottom line is to help that LGBTQWXYZ or that minority or whatever not feel comfortable, but be successful and be able to compete in a dog-eat-dog -dog world. That's, that's the thing. So... Because if we don't think that is the right thing to do, we have diluted academic standards, according to Riley, out of the a fear that there's not a large enough group of blacks, in his case is what he's writing about, who will ever measure up. And he says that's a bad reflection on him because people look at him and say, oh my golly. Meanwhile, there's a Pew Research Center poll from 2019 that found that 73% of respondents, including 78% of whites, 65% of Hispanics, 32% of blacks, and 58% of Asians say colleges should not consider race and admissions. Huh? That's what Hogg is doing. Okay, let's see if anybody got the right answer. No, nobody knows in the third person singular of the infinitive to laugh, third person singular would be he or she, if we're going to be allowed to use those pronouns. Uh, and the past perfect would be he had laughed. Okay. The present perfect would be he has laughed or she has laughed. Okay, my friends, uh, are you are you are you with me?
Are you with me? That's the class today. I hope you took notes. It'll all be on the test, and uh, you're allowed to use your notes during the test. Have a great day. Warthog, a command center out.